Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as our guest speaker delivers this week's message. Good morning. Good to be back here at Calvary Baptist Church. So thankful the Lord's given me the opportunity to be back to finish this short sermon. (laughs) If you have your notes in there, you'll see that I have not done very well. I've only gotten through the first two points of that whole sermon there. So we're going to have to just, uh, either I'm going to have to speak really fast or we'll just see if the Lord will allow me to finish it some other time. We'll see how far we get with this today. So good to be back here. And I just want you to know I am so thankful again for Calvary. And thankful for the people who are here working behind the scenes during this transition period that you have. And I hope and pray that you are praying for the deacons and the pastors and and everyone else who is working to uh, search for a new pastor. I hope you're praying each week for that. Because we definitely want the Lord's blessing upon this church in the future. Amen? Amen. Yes. Now, I also need your help. I need your help with, what what are we doing over here? Amen. Amen. And praise the Lord. Yeah, I think, boy, you guys are really with me. We're starting out today, and we're going to say, and our first title is, We Are Blank in Christ. And the first one we saw was, We Are Thankful in Christ. I hope this past week you were thankful for what the Lord has done for you, you and your life and your family. I hope you remember that. Remember we said you cannot be thankful and be complaining at the same time. You can't be complaining and be thankful at the same time, right? Yes? Yes, that's right. I, I see that some of you have had quite a bit to eat and you're kind of slow and sleepy. And I hope I can get you a little roused. As a matter of fact, I have a short story for you. Uh, Some of you know my stories, but a farm boy, a farm boy accidentally overturned his wagon load of corn, and and he was, uh, it had crashed with a big crash, and of course the farmer next door came running over to see what was going on, see if everybody was okay. Hey, Willis, the farmer yelled out, how are you? Are you okay? He said, yeah, I'm fine. He said, well, hey, Willis, it's getting close to dinner. Forget the tractor. Everything is turned over. We'll fix it later. And come with us and eat. And I'll come back. I'll help you. We'll turn it over. We'll fix it up. And that, the Willis said, well, that's mighty nice of you. But he said, but I don't think my pa would like that too much. And he says, oh, come on, the farmer insisted. You can have something to eat. We'll get back to the wagon very soon. Well, okay, the, finally the boy said. And he added, but, but Pa, he ain't going to like it. After a hearty dinner, Willis thanked his host. He said, I sure feel a lot better now. But I know Pa's not going to like it. He's going to be real upset. Don't be foolish, the neighbor said with a smile. By the way, where is your Pa? And Willis said, well, he's under the wagon. <laughs> I don't think he'll be too happy either, do you? <laughs> what about what are you selling? Two businessmen were opening up a, a new business in New York City. And they had, they had this whole storefront and everything and they were, nothing was there yet. Its shelves were empty and they were sitting there talking to each other. And one of them said, you know what? I'll bet any minute somebody's going to come by, some tourist will walk by and he'll put his face to the window and he'll ask what you're selling. 
And sure enough, it wasn't no longer than that. A southerly gentleman came to the, to the window there. He looked inside, and he said, what are you all selling here? One of the men replies, oh, we're selling idiots here. <laughs> Without skipping a beat, the old southern gentleman says, well, I see you're doing really good. You only got two left. Some of you will catch on to that later. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to laugh in God's house. You know that by now, don't you? Amen? Yeah. I like to enjoy myself in here. I like to see people enjoy the presence of the Lord. And that's where we're going to be here in just a minute. Um, you know, I, I just feel like um, well, it's not quite 10 o'clock yet. We've got till noon, so we're doing really good. Yeah, okay. But we'll just see how the Lord leads. I promise you won't be here that long, but we are going to see how the Lord leads. As a matter of fact, um, I remember one time a young boy, he was coming, he'd come into church, and he was standing there. He was looking at the, uh, all the pictures of the people who had died in the service, you know, in, in the uh, serving of, of the army and so forth like that. And he was looking at them all. And the pastor noticed him standing there, so he came over, and he started looking at the little boy, and he said quietly, Good morning, Alex. And uh, good morning, pastor, he said. And uh, he's still focused on the pastor, on the, on the plaques on the wall. And he said to the pastor, he said, pastor, what is this? What are these about? The pastor said, well, son, it's a memorial to all the young men and women who died in the service. So they stood there soberly for a few minutes. And then finally, little Alex's voice piped up. He said, with trembling and fear in his voice, he said, pastor, which service? The 8.30 or 11 a.m. <laughs> Innocence is priceless, amen. Now, let's go to our, to our message. But before we do, let's approach God and ask him to be upon this, to open our hearts and our minds to his word today, to help me pray for me, that I'll be able to share the message. The Holy Spirit will use me as we listen today. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for these folks who have come out today to be in your house. And I pray that they have prepared their hearts and minds to receive with gladness and openness the word of God that you have for us today. I ask for myself, Lord, that I would not get in the way and hinder the preaching of the word today. That you might use me in a mighty way to relay this message, Lord. Forgive me for my sins and the things that I have done that may stop this, Lord. For each person that is here, I pray that there's someone here today who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that today that might be the answer for them. And thank you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. So the first point is we are thankful in Christ. We talked about that. We can't be complaining if we're thankful. If we can't be thankful if we're complaining. So we have to choose one or the other. There has to be a choice that's made. The second thing that we looked at was we are wise in Christ, or at least we should be. As Christians, we should walk through this world wisely. We've got a world out there that's watching us, and they're seeing how we live. And you may not think it, but they are so ob observant of you. I can remember many times, as I shared with you the story about the young man I was out golfing with and how he, he saw an aura around me in his words. He didn't know what he was looking at, and I'm not bragging on myself about that at all. I'm simply saying that he recognized something different. So we need to be wise in, we, in how we go about this world. We talked about how the, the young kids who were playing marbles in the dirt in Africa and how that they didn't even know that they were actually playing with diamonds. They had untold wealth in their hands and that's how it is for us as Christians. We have untold wealth right here in God's word. 
And so many times we are neglectful of reading it and studying it, memorizing it, meditating on it. That is so important for any Christian. If you want to be, let's use the word, successful in this world, you must be in God's word. You must read it, study it, memorize it. You know, it is something we take for granted. But we have what many people just a few hundred years ago could not have dreamed of having, carrying these around. Or in, our, in, the, in the palm of our hands, in our phones. Amen? Yeah, we've, we're blessed by that. So today, the first point that I'm going to go to after we talked about being wise is that we need to be, we are in Christ. I'm trying to get over there because, boy, I didn't realize how much I spoke last week trying to get to this page all right so remember the dog the dash you remember dash hound i figured out that's how you say that word that dog's name by the way some of you are looking at me wondering what i'm talking about the wise dash hound that was in africa the one the leopard came up behind do you remember that one okay some of you are looking at me kind of strange i guess you weren't here but we are, as I said last week, the last point is that we are ambassadors in Christ. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you want to turn over there in your Bibles with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to start with verse 16 through 21. And I know it's up here on the board, but if you turn your Bibles, that's great. If you want to look up here, we henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh... Yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. They're gone. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling someone is bringing them back into fellowship, into joy, into the, the time of, of being together and fellowshipping with one another. Verse 19, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their, their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation, the Bible, God's word. Now then, we are ambassadors of, for Christ, as though God did beseech you. You by us, we pray you in Christ that be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It is through Jesus Christ that we become righteous before God. Through his sacrifice of sin, of his sacrifice on the cross for the sin of the world that we have reconciliation with God. That we are, our trespasses are no more. We are new creatures do we understand that? I have a hard time. I don't know if that's the right word. I have a difficult time with Christians who live in the past. Because you've got to remember, old things are what does the scripture say? Passed away. They're gone. They're no longer there. We now have a new life in Christ, don't we? It, it, boy. Give me a praise the Lord, please. We have a new life in Christ. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> if you can't even do either one of those, just give me a holy grunt. <laughs> I don't mind a holy grunt. I just want you to, I just want to know. Here's the thing about preachers, and I, I think you'll find this of everyone. We feed off of how you respond. If you want to be bored in God's house, sit there like this. 
If you want to be happy and excited, say, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, some of you can't shout out amen or praise the Lord, but maybe you can go. <laughs> All of you got necks, right? Everybody in here have a neck. I've seen some people that look like they didn't have a neck. But anyway, um, I digress. Okay. So Paul says we are Christ's ambassadors to the world. And there's one thing that holds us back whenever we are so stuck in the past We can't forgive ourselves, but Christ has said, I have taken care of all of your sins. I have paid the price for all of your sins. Old things are passed away. They are gone. They're gone. They're no longer here. But So why do we see so many Christians walking around as though they have a weight around their neck? Something that is holding them back from being more for God than what they are right now. Because they're living in the past. It's, it's paid for. It's done. It's over with. We urge them, as, as it says here in verse 20, as though Christ were here pleading for, with you, we be reconciled to God. That's what Paul says. As though he says, it's just like Jesus is right here pleading with you. Be reconciled to God. Something we all need to think about. We need to realize. Let me ask you a question, though. Is there a difference between being religious and being a real Christian? There is, isn't there? There is a huge difference between the two. But I see a lot of people today who are very religious, but not very much like Christ. Do you see that too? I think we can say that we see that all the time. We see that on TV with these uh, so-called Hollywood Christians. You know, one thing, uh, man, don't ever follow any Hollywood person. They don't live in reality. You understand that, right? The world, and many Christians have trouble with that concept of real Christians and religious people. If you ask such people, are you a Christian? And sometimes people will reply, and I've heard it many times, well, I attend such and such church. It doesn't matter what church you attend. How many of you have ever been to a barn that make you a horse? No, it doesn't make you a horse, does it? So just walking into this building doesn't make you a Christian, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been baptized. Let me tell you, that's the second part. It has nothing to do with being saved, but it is the second thing that we follow the Lord in baptism. Being saved is asking the Lord to forgive you of your sins. I go to Sunday school, they say. I go to Mass every week. I give money to the church. You know, I support this people and these people, and I'm a deacon in the church, or I'm a missionary. Those things don't make you a Christian. It's only the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the acceptance of him into your life, the forgiveness of sins that you receive makes you a Christian. The answers raise another important question. Is being a Christian simply a matter of outward activity? Just because I stand up here and preach, does that make me a Christian? Not at all, does it? Have you ever realized your pastor is not, and I'm not saying it about anybody in the past or anybody in the future, I'm just saying it about pastors in general. We struggle just like you do. We fight the same battles you fight. Your deacons fight the same battles you fight. The, the, the associates fight the same battles you fight. Everyone, we are in this together, Amen. So when we walk into God's house, and I, I've, I've, I've observed it today. You remember how I talked about whenever I go out and how I like to smile at people? Sometimes I walk by somebody, and they, don't even, they won't even look at me to see my smile, my beautiful smile. 
they won't even look at me, you know. So yeah, I've, I've gotten to where I'm just I'm going like this. And I'm going, what's going on? Come on, look here. So they don't do it. And I go, g'day. In Australia especially. And they go, oh, oh, oh hey, g- g'day. You know, and the, and we need to be happy people in this world. We have Jesus Christ in our lives. Where we, if we don't, I hope you will today. But we have Jesus Christ. He is the answer to life. God made that void for a reason, and Jesus is the only one who can feel that. Amen? Amen? Yes. So here's the question. Am I a real Christian, or am I just a religious person going through the motions of life as a Christian, doing things that I think everybody expects me to do, or do I do them because I love to do them? I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Garrett and everybody else that's up here. I love what they do. I can't wait to get up here and preach. And I just want the song, the, the music service to be over. Now, I appreciate what they do, and I love what they do, and I love the songs, and they move my heart. But when I've got God's word, it's just like it's coming, it wants to come out so bad, and I want to get to it because I want to share it and what I've learned and what God has taught me. And that should be us as Christians. Do you want to share what's inside your heart? Do you want to tell other people about it? You've got friends, neighbors, co-workers, people who are watching you, or they should be if they know who you are. I've I've met some who say, well, I've never told anybody at work that I'm a Christian. Now, that's sad. That's sad. You don't have to go around with a big old tattoo on your forehead, but you should let people know, right? Move on. Next point. We who have had the newness of God are sent by God. We are ambassadors for him to send out, to speak out the truth. You know, I I went and uh, I looked it up in the the dictionary, what it means. And Paul, when he says the word ambassador, Webster's definition of the word ambassador is an official envoy, especially a diplomatic agent of the highest rank appointed for a special assignment. Yeah. Yeah. An ambassador is a messenger, someone sent by his or her sovereign to deliver a message or to communicate a request or thought or treaty. Now, is that what we are for God or not? Yes. Amen. Yes, it is. Remember, you don't respond to me. My my energy just kind of gets down and down. Thank you, son. I don't think I've ever heard that from him before. I'm teasing you. He's done it before. We, all right, now it's my turn. You be quiet. <laughs> we certainly have been called to be messengers. Amen. Amen. We are to share the good news of Jesus Christ because this world needs him. It's not getting better out there, right? We've talked about that. It's getting crazier out there all the time. Look at the government, how dysfunctional it is. I mean, it's crazy what's going on. And you can see, as a matter of fact, let me just share something with you that we saw this week on Facebook. In Australia, the, I don't remember if he was a general of the army or something like that, over in Australia said that they had, he made an announcement that they, he was standing there and he goes, we have gone out, we've gotten 36 people who were COVID positive and we've taken them to a special camp. And anybody that they've been in contact with, we're going to be rounding them up also. Man. Isn't that crazy? The, the army taking people to a special camp. Anybody remember that before happening? It's going to happen again. We're going to see it. 
The last words Jesus had to say to his people can be summed up in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, when he said, just go and tell them about me. Be my messenger. We are ambassadors for Christ. The next thing is, we are fighters in Christ. Now, you know, a lot of people go, fighters? Man, what are you doing? What are you saying that for? Fighters? I don't want to be a fighter. Well, let me explain that to you. We're going to look in Jude, the book of Jude. Now, I don't know, I haven't heard too many um, passages or messages on Jude, but here in verse 4, he says, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Contend, fight, or defend is what we need to do. There have been times throughout our history when that is something that we have had to do as Christians. If you have not learned it, you need to go back and look. Christianity has had to fight a lot. And I'm not saying physical fights, but I mean fight against the evil in this world to stand up for what is right. I believe we're living in such a time as that right now. That we have to stand up and fight for what we believe and what we know God's word says. Because there's many people... Even in churches, there are people in churches today who want to corrupt God's word, who want to say that, well, I don't know if every word in here is, is the truth. If you don't believe that this is God's infallible, without error, word of God, you have nothing to stand on. Give me a better amen than that, please. Amen. Yeah, this is where the word of God is. God sent it to us. It says manual to us, and we must believe every word if we doubt any. We can doubt it all. We have to stand there and say, this is it. There have been many challenges in our country alone, but you know, I want to go back even further than that and let you know that Baptists have had a difficult time throughout history, all throughout history. You know, There's been times whenever people want us to compromise our beliefs and give up to our, our, um, our foundations just to get new members, new people to come in. But we're Baptists for a name. And it's more than just about people coming in here. It's about souls of people. That's what we want it really to be about. Amen? Souls of people. Today, many young preachers, as I said, are being taught that this word is not infallible. That there's not, it's not without error. And it is. What Jude is trying to remind every Christian of every generation is there are times when we have to stand up for our beliefs. We have to say, that's it. I, I will not take this anymore. I will make it known that I believe that God is God. And he alone. The truth has to be fought for. The truth, <coughs> excuse me, has to be defended. The truth has to be spread. And we need to be fighters of that. Our children, our grandchildren, they deserve that, don't they? For us to stand up. You know, people stood up for us in the past, didn't they? They stood up for us. They, they were there to stand for the truth. And because of that, we have what we have today. And the future generations need us to stand up today for them. So that they have the same things. You know, there's other things, other versions that will say something like, I say this because some ungodly people have warmed their way into your churches. He's warning people. Be, be strong. Be steadfast. Fight against those who would corrupt God's word. What has happened is that some people have infiltrated our ranks, another version says. Our scriptures warned us this would happen. Just like in Jews' day, people come into the church and they have... Yeah, here's the thing. It is a thousand demons out there are easier to fight than one in a church. Do you realize that? One within can destroy a church faster than those without. 
pretty soon those uh, kind of wicked people come in here and they hold a position of authority. They start changing teachings and theology and preaching and teaching the watered-down version of God's Word. It is teaching and preaching which is tickling to the ears of the congregation. Have you heard that before? It feels good. You know, somebody comes in here and all they want to do is just to, to make you feel good about yourself. I'm telling you, we need to have our toes stepped on sometimes. Amen? We need to be reminded we are not perfect people. Now, I know my wife thinks I am, but that's a... <laughs> Who's laughing out there? Stop doing that. Now, I, I, I joke. She doesn't think I'm perfect. She should, but that's a move on. <laughs> Jude is telling the church and any church that we need to be aware and ready to fight against these evils that want to come into our church. Do you realize that, as I said before, Baptists have been persecuted all throughout history? The Catholics and the Protestants united to exterminate the Baptists. Henry VIII banished Baptists and gave them 12 days to leave or die. Baptists were slaughtered in the Netherlands just for being Baptists. Baptists were banned in Germany. Much of the blood shed by Mary, Bloody Mary in England came from Baptist veins. The first Queen Elizabeth gave Baptists 20 days to leave the country. Switzerland killed Baptists by drowning and burning them at the stake. In our country, we have the idea that people, the pilgrims, they all came for religious freedom. Well, they did, but it was only if it went in alignment with what they believed. Because as it happened in 1669, William Wickenden preached the first Baptist sermon in New York State, and he was jailed for three months for that. In North Carolina, they passed a law prohibiting the building of Baptist church buildings. In 1676, the first Baptist church building was built in Boston, Massachusetts. It was confiscated and the doors were nailed shut. In the colonies, Baptists were jailed and whipped. I, I say all this so that you realize throughout history, we have had to fight for God's truth and God's word. It's no different today. Sometimes we think it is because we've been able to live in a country that is so free that now our freedoms are starting to be whittled away and we are not used to that. We're not accustomed to it. I don't say that we have to go out there and, and riot and so forth like that, but I do need, I think we need to let our politicians know that we stand for God's truth and let everyone else know that we stand for God's truth because Calvary Baptist Church is all about that. Amen? Amen. That's right. Now, we're fighters in Christ, so the next thing we're going to see is we are lovers in Christ. Now, a lot of people are oh boy, what's he going to talk about now? <laughs> okay. How can you say that we are fighters and then you say that we are lovers in Christ? Well, you know, every person needs to experience love, don't they? I'd hate to see what this world would be without, without love. But, you know, there are some people who never experienced love in their life. They've been abused and neglected and so forth like that. They've never had any tell, anyone tell them they are loved. Calvary Baptist Church should be a church about love. Yeah, yeah, it should be a church about love. I believe a lot of the words of the world could be psalmed. Summed up in the, in the songs, uh, that the words of this song, um, now I'm not a singer, so let me see, uh, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, I'm not the only one who knows that song, come on now people, <laughs> it's the only thing that there's just too little love, okay, that's as long as you're going to, that's, that's as much as you're going to get me to sing, all right, is there someone in your life who needs love, yes, yes there is, everyone in here has someone in their life that needs love that you need to share love with. Maybe there's somebody in this church today that needs love, that we need to share love with them and show them love. 
Do you think there's enough hate in the world? Yeah. You know what I'm amazed at, though, when I go everywhere, people of all color, people of all races, no matter what, you go up and you start talking to them, and a lot of them are just, they're just regular people who need somebody to step out and say, you know, I care about you. I ask them all the time, how's your day today? Oh, boy, it's, doing, it's going good. Or, well, it's not so good because of Black Friday, you know, some of these people out there working on Black Friday, and boy, it's a it's busy out there, and they're rustling, wrestling back and forth, doing everything they can, trying to get all these things for everybody, and people can be rude. And what we need is more love. And if you're a Christian and you go out to a restaurant, show your little love by being a little more generous with your tips. You know what I mean? Show people that you really care. Don't leave a tract and a dollar tip. <laughs> what kind of love is that, right? That is not love. But maybe there's someone in this building today that we're not loving enough. Maybe there's a, we're in the Lord's house, and, and tell me if I'm right about this. Love should be flowing everywhere. Wow. Everywhere, amen? amen. Yes, thank you. I think some of you are still full from Thanksgiving. You're struggling to get those amens out. Amen. You know, I was afraid. I'll tell my wife, my wife to tell you. I was afraid this morning. I was like, am I going to be able to get those pants on after Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, I did, in case you're wondering. You know, some people are hard to love, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Guess what? I can be hard to love. I used to be quiet. <laughs> She's going like this. <sighs> you can be hard to love too. Sometimes we're not all loving. We, we are difficult people, but we need somebody else to love us, don't we? We need somebody else to come forward and, you know, I, now I'm, maybe I'm opening myself up here for a can of worms, but I like it when people hug me. Now after church, I'm probably going to hug, 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 hug. <laughs> I'm going like, hey, it just wouldn't stop. You know, no, uh, but we all need some love here. This is God's house. We are God's people. We are going to heaven. We've been forgiven of our sins, and we need to share and show love. And we need it. We all need it. We all want it. So why is it so hard for us to do it? As I said, there, you know, this is going to shock you really bad, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. There are some people in this world that don't love me. Thank you for the only awe I got. Everybody else was laughing. <laughs> My sweet wife gave me an awe. And the rest of you going, <laughs> it's right. <laughs> no. Seriously, though. There are days when I, I go to preach in Australia, especially, and I'm just like, man, I need somebody to lift me up today. Your pastor, sometimes he needs you to come in there. How would you like if you went to church and you saw a pastor? Sure is good to have you here today. Come back whenever you can, you know. You wouldn't like that, right? You want somebody, a pastor, hey, good to see you. so good. And some days you need to go to him and be like that to him because he needs it. And you don't know what day that is, so do it every day. Be that way everywhere you go. As I said, walk through life with a smile on your face. 
I just, I just, I don't know why. I'm maybe I'm just weird, but when I'm out and about in the community and I'm walking around smiling, I see all these people, and they're just they're buying Christmas presents and they're sad or they're upset or their face doesn't know it. You get my, am I? You, everybody else there with me, right? Yeah, you see those people. Guess what? Sometimes you are those people. We are those people. We've got to remember Jesus Christ dwells within us. Share him with the world. Be that ambassador. Show the love of Christ. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, look what he says there. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not love, charity, love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, love, I am nothing. It doesn't matter how great a preacher I am or how bad a preacher I am. If I don't have the love of God in me, nobody wants to hear my message. You're a preacher. Did you know that? You're a preacher of God's word in your life and in your, your words and everything. So, he says in verse 3, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, love, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity emeth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity or love never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now go to verse 13. And now abide of faith, hope, charity, love. These three, but the greatest of these is charity, love. The greatest is love. How, how can you be prophesying all about the future, telling the world about what's about to come, but if you don't have love for people, it does nothing. It profits nothing. Calvary Baptist Church is about love. Yeah. Let's do it one more time. I think you can do better. Calvary Baptist Church is about love. Amen. Thank you very much. Yes, good job. And those of you that can't speak, remember. Okay. I'm telling you today, love endures with patience. You know, John said in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7 through 8, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. It's put to you right there. If you are not a loving person, you may not know God. That's not my words. That's God's words, right? Now, why do you say that to us? Is there something wrong with Calvary Baptist Church? No, I'm not doing that at all. I want us to be even more loving than we are. Don't, don't be happy with where we stay at. You know, a lot of times in churches all over this world, it, it never ceases to happen. Churches can get cliques. You know what I mean when I say that? Where people think that they can only fellowship with a certain group of people. But this church, we should fellowship with everyone. We may not have everything in common with each other, but surely you can find something to talk about because you are Christians. You are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, we are. Now let's go to John chapter 15, verse 12. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Romans 12, 9 through 10 says, Let love be without dissimulation. 
without preference, without choices. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. You know, that's what it's about. Now, let's go on. That's enough about love. Because some of you are getting, oh, boy, here's this loving preacher. My goodness, you know. We are, the next thing is forgiven in Christ. Oh, boy, that's a good one. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Jude says in verse 2, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Jude hits upon something that every Christian needs. Every human being needs, no matter what their stature of life is. Whether we're rich or poor, fat or skinny, tall or short, no matter what our background is, where we came from, where we were born, what state, what country, it doesn't matter. Every human needs these three things that he mentions here. The first one, mercy. Every person at some point in their life needs mercy. What's mercy? Not getting what we deserve. Yeah, that's what mercy is. We all deserve hell. But through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, we get heaven because we've asked him into our lives, asked him for forgiveness. The lawyer told his defendant, today I will get you justice. And the defendant says, I'm not sure I want justice, but I know I need mercy. Is that us today? Is that us as Christians? It is us today, isn't it? Peace, the second thing he says. Every person needs peace in their lives. I, I tell you, peace at home, peace at the workplace, peace at, the gov- uh, peace at gov- in our government, and more importantly, we need peace within ourselves. If there's no peace, you, you've seen people who aren't peaceful, haven't you? Boy, they're looking for a fight everywhere they go. I'm not talking about being ready for a fight. I'm talking about they want to look for fights. You know, I, I, I think that, let me put it into God's words in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, I want to bring it up to you again. Are you living in the past and what you did wrong in the past? Because God has forgiven you of that. Scripture tells us it's gone. He, he, he looks at you when you keep bringing it back up, and he goes, what are you talking about? I've forgotten it. I've forgiven it. It's been blotted out. You know what that word blotted out means? It means it's been totally covered so you can no longer read it. How, how do you like that? Is that good news? That's good news. Acts 3.19 says, repent ye therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And Isaiah 118 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Are you new today? You know, I think we need to be new every day. Wake up every day and say, Dear Lord, help me to be new in you. And to have a new outlook on life. Because uh, how many of you are getting older in here? Some of us look a lot worse than others. But anyway, um, I'm getting older. I know when I came here nearly not quite 30 years ago, less than that, I was young. I was energetic. I was... Uh, very good looking. I was very fit. 
chest went from here to my drawers, you know? All that stuff that we all say. Guess what? You did too. Some of you are not as young as when I first came here. We're all getting old. But wake up each day with the realization the past is the past. Today is today. You're in God's house. There are many people in this world. I shared, I shared this with you earlier. Many people today who would love to be here today in this church service but can't because of health or other reasons, work or whatever it may be. They can't be here, but you get to be God's house. What are you saying? Well, you know, I'm stuck here listening to you. Well, <laughs> you know what? We're actually reading God's scripture. Don't you, wouldn't you, aren't you glad that you don't listen to Chris's advice, but you get to hear the word of God being preached? Because I, my, my, my knowledge is gone a long time ago. When I read God's word, I get in there and I see these things. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. I've made mistakes in my life. There have been times whenever I did things that were not right. But God has forgiven those. He's forgotten those. And I move forward in life knowing I can do better through Jesus Christ. Are you there today, Christian? Are you stuck in the past? Have you got some weight around you that ties you down, keeps you from being all that God wants you to be? In Hebrews 10, 17 says, And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, God says, I will never remember your sins anymore. You will go through and you'll, you will live with regret, but you can say, I'm forgiven. I'm moving on for God. I'm moving on for Jesus Christ. Psalms 10, 103, 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. When do you ever get to the east point? It's a circle. You keep going, don't you? And that's how far away your sins are. And, of course, Romans 6, 23 for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the only way to be forgiven, through Jesus Christ. John three sixteen. we all know and love that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because of Jesus Christ, you have everlasting life. I can get tired of saying that, but I never get tired of hearing that. Are you there too? Are you there with me? Have you become so old as a Christian that now when you hear what Jesus Christ did for you, you just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you understand the forgiveness of sins and the everlasting life that we have one day with God in heaven? And this old body, this worn out body that gets worse and worse every day will be done with and there will be no more pain, no more suffering, only joy with God in heaven. Is that exciting? Yeah, some of you really need your exciter button turned up. <laughs> My goodness, it's like, oh, that's exciting. I want you to know it's exciting, amen? amen. There you go. Boy, I tell you, I, I do, I believe some people are out there with a broken exciter button. You push that thing all the time and you go... <laughs> <laughs> it's like an old car, you know. <laughs> you know. It doesn't quite want us to kick over and go. We are winners. We are forgiven. We are rich in Christ. Ephesians 1.18 says, 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in all the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. I want you to know that you and your Christian life have nothing except through Jesus Christ and his power. It's his power. That's why when we get to the place where we're at and we're suffering and we're struggling, we go and we say, Lord Jesus, give me your power. Give me your strength. Do you, how about this? You know, we're talking about riches. Do you feel wealthy? Some of you are going, no, I'm not wealthy. I got debt up to here. Yeah. Uh, you're a child of the king, right? Uh, some of you out there, you know you're children of the king, right? Okay. Some of you are going, well, my, I don't know. But do you know you're incredibly rich? You're incredibly rich. Before you roll your eyes and you start looking, well, I got this debt and I got this car and I'm paying off on the house and I got you know, my credit card and blah, 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 blah. You know what? You are rich. You have a home in heaven. Whatever nicest home you can build here on earth, nothing can compare to what we've got waiting for us in heaven. Okay. Am I the only one that has goosebumps right now? Some of you are going, what's a goosebump? <laughs> oh, my goodness, okay. Yeah, exciter broke, button's gone. There's no broken button, it's gone. You, you know, the wealth is eternal, never in, ending, and it's directly linked to God's love for us in Christ. So why do we mope around like Eeyore? You remember Eeyore? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, you know, watching that little, what is that thing, a little donkey or something? What is that thing? Yeah, it's a donkey, Eeyore, you know, going around the, the hey, Eeyore, how are you? I'm good today. <laughs> we laugh because we meet Christians like that, don't we? And I, I mentioned it earlier, but there are a lot of Eeyores in this world who claim to be Christian. Maybe they're not, I don't know. Maybe they are, and they've just forgotten what they have in Jesus Christ. They are rich, rich in God. Not rich in what you have today, because we can all, there's many very variables of wealth here today but not true wealth because it's fleeting tomorrow it can all be gone right tomorrow we could all in this country could go broke and we have nothing of value so why do we go around like chicken little the sky is falling the sky is falling remember that one boy you're showing your age today man <laughs> all these young kids going what is he talking about well, I'm telling you, okay, it's a story. And you can ask your mom and dad later about Chicken Little, okay? The sky is falling. That's all he ever did is run around. sky is falling, you know, because the end of the world is happening right now. We have been given so much, and I believe it's because we don't rightly understand Christ's love for us. We, we, we are not walking around like wealthy people. We're walking around like we're defeated, like we're, we're poor paupers. And I don't care how poor you are on earth. You should go through life saying, I have what God has for me. I don't need any more than I have right now. I want more than I have right now. Okay, we all want that. But there's always going to be somebody that has a nicer clothes, a nicer car, a nicer home. So be content with where you are right now. Be happy with what God has given us. Don't, don't worry about your bank account so much. I think a lot of Christians would be better off if they didn't worry about that. Amen? Yeah. We're disciples of Christ. Our true value is found in him and his deep 
never-ending love that he said, I want to die for that person. I want to pay the price for their sins on the cross. Do you understand? Somebody died for you. Do you get that? Yeah, yeah. People all the time, they go, well, yeah, he died on a... Imagine this. Here, let's change it. He died on a tree, on a cross, you know, all that. What if we had somebody today who came into our midst, all right, and they said, they're, they're in the electric chair and they're about to die, and they say, I'm dying for the sins of the world. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. We'd look at them and go, crazy. that's crazy. And that's what happened in Jesus' time. He died on a cross, the most horrible punishment that could be imagined back then, and he did it for you and I. So that we wouldn't have to spend an eternity in hell. I believe the Apostle Paul in his ministry among the Gentiles in many different cities, he, was, he, he said, I've learned both to be a wealthy and to be abased. I've learned how to, to be rich and poor, he said to him. Because he was a businessman sometimes when he went into the cities and he, he sold, uh, uh, what, what was it, he sold tents, right? He sold tents, so he had to deal with businessmen. Other times he went into a city and he didn't have any money and he tried to meet with other Christians and he was basically a beggar. And so he knew what it was want. He would to want. He said in Philippians 4, verses 12 through 13, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Hey, how, how do you do that? Be hungry and full at the same time. You, you ever thought about that? How can you go to dinner at Thanksgiving, eat all you want? Oh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> but that's what he said right there. How to be full and to be hungry, both to abound, but to have plenty and to suffer need. And then he says it right here, and we love this part of this verse. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You know, I wanted to, you know, God gives me so much in the messages, and I, I'd love to just go through all this. I know we're not going to make it all through it, so I'm just going to just bring it down to a point here. But I want to tell you one time about a millionaire at a church meeting. A very wealthy millionaire rose up to testify at the church and told everybody about his Christian faith. He said, I'm a millionaire, he said. And I'm a, I attribute it all to the rich blessings of God. I remember that turning point in my faith. I had just earned my first dollar, and I went to a church meeting that night. The speaker was a missionary who told about his work. I knew that I only had one dollar bill, and I had to either give it all to God's work or nothing at all. So at that moment, I decided to give my whole dollar to God. I believe that God blessed that decision, and that is why I'm a rich man today, he said. He finished, and there was an odd silence as his testimony ended, and he moved toward his seat. As he sat down next to an older lady in the same pew, she leaned over to him, and she said, I dare you to do it again. <laughs> he gave his whole dollar all that he had, but now he has millions, and will he give those to God? You remember when you first got saved? When you first accepted the Lord? Do you remember the joy, the excitement that you had at that time? You gave everything you had. Will you do that again and give God everything you have today? Will you say, Lord, it's all of yours. I'm just caretaker of it. I, I, I can't do anything more with it. Maybe you'll do, as, we, as, I, as I shared with you earlier, some of the verses that I read to you about how that, you know, God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
If you've never heard that message today and you're here hearing it today and you say, I'm a sinner, I've never been forgiven, we're going to have a moment here in just a second where you can come down and someone will share with you God's word and show you how you can be forgiven of your sins. And let me tell you, there's not a person in here who has not done that who will not be so proud of you and so happy that you did that and so thankful that you did that. Amen? Amen. Yes, we all want that if you've never done that. I don't know who you are. I don't know your story. You've heard this message today. If God has spoken to you, don't put it off any longer. Christian, as God has spoken to you today and say, I've been living a life of Eeyore. I need to live a life of an excited, vibrant Christian from now on. I commit to do that, Lord. Do that. Calvary Baptist Church needs it. Taylorville needs it. Christian County needs it. Illinois needs it. The, the whole country, the whole world needs Christians sold out for God. Our position in the world is not of ourselves. We are in Christ. We should be. We should act like that. We should live like that. Nothing in this world can compare to that. Let's bow. Close our eyes. <clears throat> I'm bringing it down to a point right now. Folks, if there's someone here today, you've heard the message of God. You've heard about forgiveness of sins. Your past can be gone, blotted out. Jesus Christ will forgive you. We can share with you from God's word, not our word, but God's word, how to know forgiveness of sins. And the music's going to be playing in just a second. And while it is, if you feel that way, everybody please stand. Everyone please stand. If you feel that way, make your way down the front right now. And someone will share Jesus Christ with you. If you're a Christian who wants to come down here and get down on your knees and say, Lord, give me back the joy of my salvation, do that now. Now, you don't have to. Do it right where you are. Every head's bowed. Every eye's closed. <clears throat> if this is the time, come forward right now. We're waiting for you. Is God speaking to you? Christian, is God speaking to you? Amen. I see people raising their hands. This is your time. Don't let it pass you by. If you want Jesus Christ, come today. Find him. Christian, live for him. Share the love of Christ. Be a happy, contented person. Maybe you need to see somebody after church. Please do that couldn't come forward please make sure you see someone today dear Lord Jesus thank you for this message thank you that we've been able to remind ourselves that we are forgiven in Christ that all that we have done in the, is in the past it's forgotten it's gone I pray if there's someone here today who needs the love of Jesus Christ in their lives that they will find him today if there's some Christian who needs to be recharged to be re renewed I pray that they'll do that today, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus Christ, for his death on the cross for us. In his name I pray, amen.